We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everybody. Welcome into the NBA front office show Tuesday, November 7th edition of the show. And Keith, we might as well just call this the injury show because looking down our list, we've got a lot to talk about a few non-injury things, but unfortunately, and gosh, I hate this, a lot of injuries right now in the NBA. Yeah, it's uh, hitting now, right in early November. Guys have played five, six, seven, eight games, I guess, in that range. And we've got a handful of guys who have gone down and including a couple that look like they might be uh, lengthy. And then a mm-hmm. couple fingers crossed will be much shorter timeframes, but uh, we want to, I guess, start with the big one. Yeah. That came let's, out yesterday. Let's do it. Yeah. Uh, Robert Williams, uh, knee surgery. Again, we don't know for sure how long he's going to be out, uh, but yeah, it sounds like the the big man isn't going to last long for the Blazers this season. Again, they just traded for him as part of that Drew Holiday deal, and there was some interest in them potentially flipping him again before the trade deadline. Obviously, if he is out with a knee injury, that's not going to happen for the Portland Trail Blazers. Uh, Keith, what what are your thoughts? I mean, you have more experience with with Rob Williams than than I certainly do, given his time with the Celtics. What are your thoughts here on this situation? Yeah, this is the worry with Rob, right? He's got all the talent in the world. He's one of the uh, most athletic bigs in the game, even after uh, knee issues with his other uh, leg. That, that was his left leg a couple years ago when the Celtics made that finals run. He had a uh, torn meniscus, and then mm-hmm. that cost him uh, a chunk of that season and then part of the next season. But then um, – you know, now this is the other knee, the right knee, and often these things are related, right? You you put more stress on the other leg, maybe you're landing yeah. more on that leg or something. But you know, th- this is the challenge. You 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 know how good this guy is and everything he can be, but he just continues to not be able to stay on the floor, and that's been a major problem throughout the course of his career. And for Portland on the court, this really doesn't matter all that much. They they were going to be bad anyway. They're just still going to be bad. Uh, it's more about the idea of now 
it's going to be much harder to trade him. Uh, where does it go? You know, from here, you're not even going to get any look. If you did have any sense of, all right, maybe we can make him and DeAndre Ayton a you know, workable front court. And now yeah. you're not going to get a look at that. So that becomes a huge problem. So, so we'll see, you know, and there's two options here. One of them sounds like it's a much shorter uh, time frame, which is what he went through previously. And now there is this time frame where uh, uh, Rob, could be out for the entire year. So my my hope would be take whatever the approach is that gets us fixed, then take the time you need, and then get back. If that means it's the start of next season, it's the start of next season, and it is what it is. Yeah, that's that's just it. Um, it's for him, you don't want to go down a path where you're having to redo this all over again a year from now or whatever, especially on a Blazers. The, the Blazers know they're not you know making a playoff push this year or anything like that. That's not what their goal is. So mm-hmm. probably better off just Get it fixed the right way. Don't rush anything, and uh, probably see you next year for for Bob Williams. Now, again, not uh, the trade front that that may change things at the trade deadline for the for the Blazers. These potentially a piece they could have flipped. They told everybody, "No, we want to keep him," but we know how how that story goes. Mm-hmm. So um, maybe some less opportunities for the Blazers now in the trade market. But hopefully, Rob Williams can come back for next year and, and be ready to go. Yeah, yeah, that would be the hope, you know. So we'll we'll see, you know, where it kind of comes down now. But it, you know, they're going to be without him for a while. My guess is, too, we got to be getting close with the Blazers to filling their open uh, roster spot that they have. That they've been kind of sitting on one uh, for a little bit here now, and now you've got Anthony Simons is out for a lengthy period of time. Rob Williams is out. Scoot Henderson is currently out. He should be back soon. But you start to run into a point where, all right, let's you know fill that spot and get another body out here. But yeah, definitely a you know just a bummer uh, that this guy's down again and going to miss more time. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Uh, jumping off, we have more injuries to get to, but jumping off of an injury for a moment, the Warriors signed Gui Santos. Uh, so uh, somebody actually, you know, getting to play a little, well, I don't know how much he's going to play on the court, but getting to join a team, a positive story instead of injuries, because we do have more to come here. Yikes. But uh, what are your thoughts on this Warriors? I know this is a guy we talked about a bit over the summer. Yeah, he played summer league with them. He was a draft pick a couple of drafts ago. Uh, I think like the 55th pick in the draft or something along those lines. He was a late pick. And the Warriors are going to bring him in. Now, part of why the Warriors are doing this, this is the most cost-effective way for them to fill their 14th roster spot. Uh, We've talked about this with both them and the Clippers. The Clippers made their decision to promote Joshua Primo uh, to the main roster. Uh, So what the Warriors are going to do is they're going to bring in Santos. He he played for their summer league team, as I said. He also played for their G League team. Uh, They're going to bring him in, and we know this is going to be via the second-round pick exception uh, deal because it's going to be a three-year deal. We know it's not the minimum exception because that can only be a two-year deal. But why this is cost-effective is rather than signing a veteran player for roughly twice the salary, and that then would have cost roughly twice what it's going to cost them in taxes, because remember the Warriors are not only – they uh, tax team, but they are so far above the tax yeah. uh, that they hit, they trip the extra tax brackets and they're a repeater team. So they, they are easily, you know, the most expensive team uh, we've ever seen bringing uh, Santos in brings him in at the absolute league minimum of just over 1 million. Then what that's going to end up costing them, huh? how much uh, I'm going to have you guess, what do you think that costs them in taxes? Given how many whammies they're taking on here. 
I'm going to say it's something ridiculous. Like it's going to cost them like 11 million or something. Yeah, it's almost that. It's almost 10 times um, what it would be. So yeah, okay. it's about 10 total. Whereas okay. if they'd gone for a. Yeah, yeah, you weren't. If they'd gone with the veteran uh, signing, it would have been you know about seventeen ish in that range. So, so here we are. They're, they're going to save about six million uh, versus signing a veteran free agent. So it's uh, you know that that's the way. And in they they also could have signed a non drafted player if they wanted to. But non-drafted players, they count at the two-year minimum uh, towards the tax only. Uh, with that, it's gotten to close a loophole. So teams actually, they, in an ideal world, have to sign their draft picks. So it kind of is what it is with that. So, yeah, so we're going to have uh, uh, Guy Santos on the Warriors roster for at least a little while. Then my guess is they'll fill the 15th spot when we're deeper into the season and they yeah, get through and see you know, who wants to come here and uh, play it out and chase a ring or whatever. So how much of this do you think is they, they like Santos versus they don't want to pay an extra $7 million for the end of the bench guy that probably will very rarely get in? Yeah, I don't want to uh, demean Santos at all right. here, but I think it's probably like 80-20. Yeah. I think it's this guy's never going to play for us, so we'll – you know, in an ideal world, never going to play for us. So we'll sign them and we're going to put them right back in the G league and we'll just go from there. Cause the Warriors actually, they're, they're about, you know, they're, they're top 10, 12 guys. I think they feel pretty good about, cause I know they like both of their rookies, uh, Brandon Pajemski, their first round pick. And then trace Jackson Davis, who is their second round pick. They've, they've gotten a little bit of run each. So I think those two guys and Corey Joseph, those are the, the three guys who don't play night to night for the Warriors and their 10 deep is pretty good. And, they're so far kind of following through with the idea of, hey, our guys are going to play. We're not going to really punt games. We're not going to do the full rest thing and all that. So, yeah, this is mostly about how can we – we have to fill this roster spot. Again, reminder to everybody, two weeks, you can drop down to 13 players or 28 total days. We're coming up on the two-week period, which is also bonkers. So we're already mm. like two yeah, weeks right. into the season. So we're coming up on that period. So they had to fill the spot. So now the Warriors are in a spot where I bring bring this guy in. It's super cost-effective to fill it with a guy who's not going to play versus you know, bring it back. Uh, Rudy Gay or Rodney Magruder, who were there, just would have cost them, you know, like we said, six and a half, seven million dollars more uh, than it would have otherwise. And that that just gets to be you know, really, really expensive. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And that's where if you're the Warriors, you might as well just go down this route. By the way, I should have mentioned it off the top, and I didn't tell you yet either, but I do have some scheduled nonsense for the okay. for the end of the show today that, that we will that we will get into. Uh, Mason Plumley missing time. He's dealing with a knee injury. The Clippers are calling it a sprained knee, but he had to get carried off the court. Yeah. Um, so he's going to be Did out for a little it? bit. I didn't see it. I didn't okay, see it. Don't, I tend don't to, go I, watch it. It's gross. Yeah, I was going to say, when stuff yeah. like this happens, I'm that person that doesn't go looking for yeah. it. Typically. Like, if I happen to see it because I'm watching it, like the Gordon Hayward thing years ago, I was yeah. watching it, and there's no looking away. Like, oh, that was tough. But I'm not going to go searching for the, those kinds of things because it just gives me the heebie-jeebies. Yeah, it, it was... Uh... You know, it's some I've seen some people criticizing Julius Randle. He was going for a loose ball, and he just kind of landed into Plumlee's knee. Yeah. And you know, it was what it was. The knee kind of buckled really badly. He couldn't even put weight on it. And and yeah, I I would be shocked if it's only a sprain. If it's only a sprain, I mean, they get off extremely extremely lucky. Yeah. 
My guess is it's going to be something worse, and I don't know if we'll see him again this year, but we'll find out when the Clippers, you know, finish their their MRI or whatever it is. I assume that's probably today or maybe tomorrow. They had to wait for swelling to go down and whatnot, but but we'll see. But yeah, it's uh, definitely going to put a put a bit of a hole. Uh, PJ Tucker now probably much more the backup five uh, on that roster than than uh, was initially anticipated to be. So we'll we'll see how that works out. Yeah. Uh, Jamal Murray is also going to be missing some time for the Denver Nuggets. He's got a hamstring strain. Uh, you know, it's almost cliche at this point to say it, but hamstring strains can be tricky. Got to be yeah. careful with how they, with how you let those heal. They have to heal fully. Otherwise it's very easy to re-aggravate an injury like that. You know, the Denver Nuggets, they're not going to push him. They're not going to try to get him back on the floor quickly. They're not going to worry about that. They're going to worry about getting him ready for playoff time. Again, not saying this is going to linger until then, but uh, they, they've got plenty of time is what I'm getting at here. They don't have to hurry at all with this. So I think they're going to be cautious. They're going to be careful with it. And that's exactly what they should be, but they will be without Jamal Murray now for some time. Yeah. And this was, you could see it when it happened. Uh, he was uh, running out and filling the wing in transition in a game a couple nights ago and just pulled up mm -hmm. and then he couldn't, couldn't uh, run back down the floor. And that, that was it. He got, uh, got subbed out, didn't return to the floor, did not play in their last game. And now, obviously, yeah, he's going to miss whatever time he needs. They're, they're fine. You know, the, the Nuggets know, you know, hey, we're playing for April, May, and June. Yep. We're not going to, you know, risk anything that could get this guy hurt. That could be something that lingers. And like we saw with James Harden, he never really got right. It took him an entire offseason to come back uh, before he felt right again. Uh, from his hamstring injury. So Denver's going to give him whatever time they need. Reggie Jackson went into the starting group last night and played fine. He, he was, you know, did, did well. The interesting spot was uh, Colin Gillespie, uh, two-way guy, second-year two-way guy, missed his entire rookie year uh, with, with an injury. I think it was a broken leg for him last season. But people may remember him. He was one of uh, Villanova's heroes. Uh, during uh, one of their title runs, and he he is uh, back, and he got the uh, effectively the backup point guard minutes uh, last night. Which the Nuggets, because of how they play and run so much through Jokic, you can get away with kind of non point guards in that spot, and then you can ask KCP to guard the point guards. So you're really in a spot where you can you you have a lot of roster versatility that some teams may not have if they lost their starting point guard. But you know, well, let's hope Murray's back. You know, couple weeks, you know, at the most, and uh, off and ready to go. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. All right. The, the Bally TV deal, we have some resolution here. Sounds like Bally is going to be able to broadcast NBA games through the remainder of the season. Uh, we know they've been struggling with, in terms of the, the financial side of things. And we're starting to see some TV providers that are pushing for, you know, alternative ways to get their games to, we saw the Suns do it, the Jazz, uh, even Spectrum Sportsnet in, in California done this with the Lakers game, starting to create their own streaming services and things like that. Um, the system is changing slowly and we've talked about this, uh, quite a bit, Keith, but, um, at least teams will be viewable on, on Bally sports for the remainder of the season. And then we could be entering a brave new world next summer. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, th this one is one, it's big because this ensures we're not going to have a disruption and fans aren't going to miss games because if this had all really collapsed and fallen apart, you might've been in a spot where it's like, wait, I can't even watch my team now because there's nobody to broadcast them. I think from there, the next piece of that becomes 
uh, where where does this all go? And what the NBA essentially said was, all right, you can finish out this year. And at the end of the year, the, revi- the rights for uh, there's 15 teams uh, that are run by Bally. You can Google it and look it up. It'll pop right up. Uh, but those 15 teams, the rights for them revert back to the teams in the NBA. And then they will figure out where they want to go uh, moving forward with this. Do they go with another streamer? Do they go with something else? There's there's a lot of rumors out there of, you know, could the NBA do something where it's <clears throat> there's no more home and away broadcast? And what mm-hmm. you could see is um, every night there's just broadcast teams that do it, do these games. And maybe those broadcast teams are more regionally based, but it's mm. like, you know, all right, well, we have, you know, one, you know, one or two teams that cover the Southeast region or something like that, which would probably be made up of a lot of the people who do it now, very similar to how the NFL does it. Now the NFL you're talking broadcast team does in a very normal time, one game a week. Exactly. So if they have to travel anywhere in the country, it's no big deal. So so it's going to be interesting to see where all this goes. Uh, part of the Bally issues, this is what is has the league's uh, uh, salary cap projection a little bit depressed from where we thought it would be for next season. Instead of the 10% growth many have anticipated, it's it's about 4.4% is what they're projecting right now. So that that's part of it is because there's all this uncertainty with this. But there's going to be a lot of things are going to change over the next two, three seasons with how we consume NBA games because there's going to be new players beyond just ESPN and uh, Turner mm-hmm. for the, uh, the, the games uh, that are on during the week, nationally televised. We're going to see some, some other you know, step in, whether it be Amazon or Apple or something like that. And the good news for me is, because I'm seeing all these people, I'm sure you're seeing it all over uh, Twitter as well. Yeah. People are hammering the Bally app doesn't work. And then all of a sudden the games disappear and people who are using it through streaming, it's not working. The good news is Amazon and Apple, not that they don't have their own challenges on occasion, but they know how to do this. So if they buy into the NBA, it should be fine. What I don't like is I don't like the idea of now, if those games aren't on league pass, I can't just flip to another channel that it's on. I'm going to have to right. launch an app and do all this other stuff. So it's going to change how how you know, we all consume the league, but that's where all this is headed over the next couple of years. Again, the the dream for NBA consumers, it's one place, all the games, no blackouts. Yes. Someday, Keith, someday. <laughs> I don't know if we'll ever get there, but maybe someday you we'll, we'll arrive in, in, that, in the promised land. Maybe. We'll see. Maybe. <laughs> Let's see. All right. Uh, Adam Silver was talking a little bit about the All-Star game, and Chris Paul brought up the point to him. This is via Mark Spears of Anscape. Chris Paul brought up the point that, hey, you want us to treat this game like a regular game, like really compete. And by the way, that's what you and I talked about most recently when we talked about the All-Star game, that why are fans going to care about an All-Star game if the players don't care, right? That's the biggest thing is you have to get the players to care. The players are saying, Why are we going to care when we're doing all these elaborate introductions and none of us get to go through our normal warm-up so it doesn't feel anything like a real game to us? Um, And that's probably a fair point. Chris Paul's saying, if you guys want us to treat it like a real game, then treat it like a real game. And like we understand the spectacle and all that, but we have to have normal warm-up preparations so that it feels like an actual game to us and not like something different, not like something just thrown together where we're going to go out there and you know mess around. Yeah, and that's why you see the guys go half speed and they're jogging yeah. and all those things because, yeah, in a regular game, you might 
feel good, you're loose, you've gone through your full warm-up and stretch, and you went right into the game, yeah, the, these guys warm up, and then there's like 30 minutes of introductions that happen. And then halftime as well is is lengthened because yeah. they usually do some kind of concert or something. And Adam Silver said, you know, hey, these are things we need to look at. Uh, and he said, these are changes that will be made as soon as this this uh season's all-star game mm. in Indianapolis. They're, they're going to look to make some of these changes and uh, try to get it to a place where the players feel maybe a little bit better about playing hard out of the gate because they, they didn't warm up and then sit for 30 minutes and go. This is kind of one of the things you always hear about like ring nights. Like yeah. it, it always feels a little sloppy and a little kind of slow and sluggish to get started. And that's usually part of it is because the guys are almost rewarming up over the first few minutes of these games. So so it's going to be something to monitor, see how they do this. The NBA did announce, too, the 2025 All-Star game will be in the Bay Area. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the Warriors are going to be the hosts of that game, so that, that'll be be the next one uh, coming up after Indianapolis uh, this this winter. So, so we'll see you know, what that all looks like. But, yeah, he said that. He also said uh, – Pretty much, yeah, the league is considering, you know, how could we make a uh, USA versus the world format yep. work? And it now they, he's been also very clear, like part of his reluctance to do that is that guarantees X amount of spots need to go to players from the world and players from the USA. And if it's not going to naturally kind of break down that way, then you kind of you you cheapen what it means to be an all-star, right? If it's, hey, we have to select the 12 best. Now I don't right. care what side they come from, whether the 12, you know, if there's 20 that should be world players, but you have to pick 12, you know, on the U.S. side, you know, I don't get that. I've also said, too, regular season game rosters are now 15 players active um, for every game. It should just be 15 players for the all-star game as well. Yeah. It just, you know, we're running out that way. I know a lot of people get mad about that because they're like, oh, it's just watering down Waters what it means down. to yeah. be an all-star. But, you know, a lot of years there, when we get to the 24th all-star, there's like five, six guys where it's like, man, they, they probably should have been there too. So, you know, you're in a position where you could reward them and keep it within the roster norms, but they haven't gone to that point yet. Well, and I think when we look at, you know, should they should they do something like that? Should they do something where um, you're adding extra extra spots to it? Or if you're doing Team USA versus the world, are you cheapening it by saying you have to have X number of world players and have to have X number of uh, of American players? It's we have to remember that the NBA has they've changed the positional designations in order to try to eliminate that. And I think you got to be careful with it because we don't want to go back to the days of Jamal McGlure as an all-star just because you had to have a center. <laughs> yeah. You know, we, we don't want to see a situation like that. So I get what you're saying. And I think that that expanding the expanding the rosters, I think it's possible. I'm, I, I wouldn't do both, though. I wouldn't do the Team USA versus the world oh, and expand the water. Yeah. yeah, okay. Because that I, I think that probably does create some messiness if, you, if you're doing both. But... Um, I think you have to take a real look at it and you have to factor in not just what do things look like right now, because we could sit down right now and we can make a list of, okay, these are the 12 American all-stars. These are the, the 12 world all-stars and figure out, is there anybody that's mm -hmm. sneaking in here that we think that shouldn't really be? And then we've got, you know, people are talking about this. We can figure that out, but it's not just for now. It's for however long into the future that they stick with these rules. It's the all-star game. They can change the rules all they want, but still, I, I think they would like to get something set in place for, at least a few years before there's cries again to to change everything and make it interesting once more. 
Yeah, and then that's also, if you're trying to make it feel more competitive and meaningful, you don't want to keep changing it on the players every single year, the format yeah. as well, because then it doesn't you know, get there. So you know, I, we're, we're at a point where USA versus the world isn't a ridiculous conversation yeah. anymore. You know, a lot of the very best players are uh, foreign-born players to, to, to you know, not from the United States. So uh, I'm fine with, you know, if we want to experiment, it, you only run into a problem if it's like, all right, we got to the 10, and then uh, we, we picked 11 and 12, but they're really like the 40th and 41st best players. Then it's like, uh, see, now we, we kept a couple guys out that probably should have been there. And then what do you do with a guy like Joel Embiid? What side does he play on? Well, maybe that gives you a little bit of the flexibility you need. Right. I know he's going to play for Team USA in the Olympics, or at least he hopes to. But, you know, you could very easily in this situation be like, hey, for this game, you're going to represent the world team and you're going to play on that side and sure. kind, of, kind of go from there. And, you know, maybe, maybe there's a point where it becomes, you know, all right, maybe maybe the best way to do this is North America versus the world, right? Because there's obviously a lot of very good Canadian sure. players. Yep. You know, you could even, if you really wanted to have fun with it, you could even make it like a mini tournament where you add like, all right, we're going to do, you know, Canada, United States, and then go, but then that starts to be, so we just re, re replicating the world cup. Like, right, you know, right. what are we doing here? But yeah, there's, there's, there's formats they can play with. And clearly they're going to keep doing that until they get to a point where it's like, all right, people are engaged and people care about this. Or it wouldn't surprise me if down the line, it's like, Hey, let's just rethink this entire thing. I mean, the NFL did it, right? I don't even think they really play the Pro Bowl anymore, right? Because it was mm -hmm. like, what do we know? Nobody's really playing out here, no, because no one wants to get hurt. And then unfairly, I always remember you always had like the one, it was invariably like a defensive guy or an offensive lineman. It's like, God, uh, dude, you're going a little too hard out here. Like, what are, what are you doing? Why are you lighting guys up? Like, right. let's let's relax. This is the Pro Bowl. So yeah, well, we'll see how that all comes together. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, let's get into some scheduled nonsense. And Keith, we need to talk about... I don't even know what this is. The Marvels. 
Okay. We, we need we need to discuss this. We need to discuss this. So yeah. um I I'll, I'll say this. My current state of Marvel fandom, like I've seen all the movies at this point and everything. I am I still have not finished Secret Invasion. I'm through one episode of Loki. The problem is this time of year. I think this is a big part of it. It's this time of year. If I'm going to have time to sit down and watch one of these, it's when everybody in my house is asleep. Yeah. And so I've got a, and I'm usually working at the same time, like I'm editing something or, or whatever. Yeah. And so those shows, I feel like I've got to be super locked into and I've got to have the volume turned up loud enough to make sure I catch everything that's being said. Otherwise, I'm going to really miss something important. And I haven't found myself in that situation very often this time of year. Again, maybe things will slow down as we really get into the meat of the season. Probably not. But the newest Marvel's trailer came out. And it's beautiful. It's fantastic. I looked at it and I went, oh my gosh, I have to see this. <laughs> and then a thought occurred to me, why didn't they do this before? Like, why why they, they pulled out all they pulled out all the stops now, right? When this movie was first promoted, it was oh God, their powers are switching and it's putting them into different locations. Hijinks ensue. Come see this kind of quirky superhero movie, right? Like that was, and this is just from memory, right? Because I haven't gone yep. back and rewatched these because I just want to, this was my, this was what has maintained in my long-term memory from seeing these, <laughs> these previews or these, uh, these no, trailers. No, that's fair, I think, yeah. And then, and then it, it shipped, they went, ooh, people aren't liking this. Okay, okay, here's, here's the problem. Here's the problem. It's the TV-based characters People don't know them quite as much. Okay, so the next round of trailers, let's focus on Captain Marvel. Even though her movie, I actually I kind of liked it, but a I lot of people, why? yeah, yeah, a lot of people didn't like it that much. Maybe it's because we have daughters, but mm. a lot of people didn't like it as much. But they focus on Captain Marvel. People are still, eh. so now they go, okay, all right, that's it. People don't know these characters quite as well. Even Captain Marvel is not known quite as well. Let's let's put Captain America in this. Let's put Iron Man in this trailer. Let's put Thanos in this trailer. Because let's face it, nobody knows this villain, right? Like probably people are really deep. Like I read all the comics growing up. I don't know who this villain is, <laughs> right? So it's not like I'm watching this going, oh, that's Thanos right there. I got to go see this, right? So now you insert all these previous characters, you connect it to that and saying this is the continuation of that, which really this is supposed to be phase five. It's like its own thing, but we're connecting it back to the whole Infinity Saga and, and all of that. And it, it and instantly I start going, okay, I got to see this. It's a weird transition where it feels like they just, they missed the mark, missed the mark, missed the mark. And now finally they're like, you know what? Screw it, Captain America. We know people like all this stuff. Let's throw these guys in and see if we can save this movie from having a, a rough opening. That's where we're where we're at. That the, the tone of the previews has completely changed of the, the trailer. The tone of it has changed. It's much more serious. It's much more heavy. It's much more, you know, you have to save the world and all this sort of stuff. And it works. But Keith, is it too little too late for the Marvels, even though the movie hasn't opened yet? Yeah, I mean, it's funny you say this. I've not watched anything since the initial trailer. Okay. I saw the buzz about what's going on in this trailer. And I saw like, dude, there, it seems like 
in my opinion, from what I'm reading, and which is obviously being heavily influenced, it seems like people are they're trying to pull on like the emotions of people of like, hey, remember those characters you love? Yeah. Like, you know, this whatever's going on in this movie, like it it harkens back to to that and in all these things. So yeah, I mean, there's a whole lot of stuff out there about how maybe they reshot portions of this to introduce yeah. characters like I spoilers for anybody who doesn't want to hear any of this stuff. And it's, I have neither of us have seen the movie uh, no. yet. I, I'll hand up. I'm kind of ruining front office Friday this week because I'm going when we would normally record because <laughs> it's the only time I could get it in. And unfortunately I have way too many friends in my life who are going to see it and want to talk about it. And then it's going to get ruined for me. But what's out there on the internet, uh, and this is a lot of, I would say it's, let's call it informed speculation at best, yeah. is people are like, because, you know, you you can go and they break down these trailers frame yeah. by frame. And oh, some yeah. people have said like, you know, oh, in this scene, you can actually see Beast uh, from the X-Men in, in this one frame in the trailer. Now, whether it is or it isn't, or it's just some being that's, that looks that's like a rumor that. that's out there. Yeah. But that's one of the rumors is somehow in the Marvels, the X-Men are going to get introduced it's, for it's going to tie it, into Deadpool three. Yeah. And I'm not yeah. going to, this is not really a spoiler, but at the end of um the, the end of uh, Ms. Marvel, uh, Kamala Khan, her friend, who's like this, like super genius kid. He says, Hey, you're not a, um, you know, oh, that's right. your powers aren't just from the bangle and all that stuff. Like you're, you're a mutant. Like that's like what got it. And that was like all the buzz of like, Oh my gosh, we've got, you know, X-Men stuff coming. And we yeah. know the X-Men are coming. That's, you know, been made pretty clear. Deadpool three is going to be fully inside the MCU and all this. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I mean, there, there's also talk of now like is Kang out. Then a lot of that seems yeah. to be more to do with Jonathan Majors and the the troubles he's had and the in Loki, you know, some of the things that have happened in there. And I won't spoil that because that's newer. But did that um you know lead to a place where they're going? There's a lot of talk of you know could they pivot to Doctor Doom as the, yeah, right. the next? And Doctor Doom is a uh, Fantastic Four villain primarily, who's, who's, so that who still hasn't been done right. Right, exactly, we haven't yeah, seen a really a good yeah, Doctor Doom in the movie, without a doubt. So yeah, and we know Fantastic Four is coming because they've announced their movie and a date for it and all those things. So, so yeah, so all this stuff is you know it seems like what maybe they're trying to do with the Marvels is let's use this as a kind of a pivot and course correction into, Hey, there's bigger stuff and bigger stakes and characters you're really interested in. But there's also a lot of talk of, Hey, part of what this whole thing could be leading to is with all this timelines and, and universes and alternate realities and all these mm -hmm. things is, could we get back into a spot where there's a movie where Iron Man is back and Captain America is back? And mm -hmm. there's a ton of rumors about all that stuff. And, you know, to me, it, it, I don't want to undo what happened in like the prior phases with Endgame and all that. Cause yeah. then it feels cheapened, right? Cause if it's just sure. nobody ever dies, you can always bring all of them but back. The, that's also the comics though. But the, exactly, that's how comic books work. And in, in a lot of ways, what are, what, what is this? It's, it's almost like a, like like soap soap opera type story mm -hmm. and i mean i know enough from people in my life who lived off soap operas shout out to my grandmother who was like locked in um finished all the chores around the house so she could watch her stories and it was uh nobody ever died in those right people always came back you would literally see them die 
and bury them. And then they <laughs> somehow it wasn't them. It was a, their brother who looked like them or whatever. Their so, evil twin. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's so yeah, man, it's it's going to be very, very interesting to see where this goes. I've avoided a lot of this stuff because I want to kind of go in really fresh and not anticipating and looking forward to see things like I really want to kind of go into this movie this weekend and and all right experience it just you know maybe kind of almost as intended with this but yeah and then the tv stuff is is there, there's a lot of stuff with that and I, I get it with anybody who has like marvel fatigue because it became almost like are you gonna watch everything or you're gonna yeah. you're gonna be like who is this character for example my my wife asked me like who is this character because she's in and out like she doesn't watch everything right. you know like, like we do so uh yeah um i'm very very curious but I, i'm excited for the movie this weekend and i mean anybody at this point knows i'm in on all this stuff and you know i'm i'm gonna watch all of it but yeah i, I can't wait to see you know where they take everything here i but i get it where people are like, all right, this one doesn't hit like that. Do what we're starting to run into, Mart, where there's going to be a lot more questions asked. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. They, and, and so I get why they're kind of you know pulling out the stops and doing what they can here in order to make this one right. You know, this was this movie was supposed to come out like a year and a half ago. Yeah, yeah um, was that was the initial plan. Of, yeah, Quantum a lot Mania. of stuff that's already been released, and yeah, yeah they, they rechanged it because it was further along, and there was definitely stuff that was redone. Uh, yeah. in this movie and you know uh, rumor is some stuff in loki was redone and all that to make more sense with with this movie because yeah because it's because ms marvel is going to show up and some people are like oh yeah i remember that from a year ago right like, that's the that that's some of the challenge when it gets so big right with, with all this stuff so yeah i i am uh i'm curious did you also see echo was the first uh, one to get a mature rating i saw that uh, and i thought and you know what my initial thought was because I'm not like huge on Echo or whatever, but I mm -hmm. saw that rating and I went, Daredevil. Yeah, that's gonna be big for Daredevil. Yeah, that they're that they that they're going with the. Well, now the Daredevil there um, sounds like that's being completely redone. Some of the stuff that was shot pre, uh, pre, like pre strike has been like completely mm -hmm. scrapped, and they're redoing some stuff. So. Yeah, I mean, it's smart people who made really really good movies for a long time that I think really you know resonated with people it's not gone right it's almost like a like 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 athletes right like what we do here sometimes you go through a little bit of a slump right the warriors had two years near the top of the lottery and then they won a title again so i'm i'm gonna say marvel can can pull a warriors like come back and uh come back from the little bit of the abyss that they're apparently in right now uh where most fans are and that's well, how you I, tie it right back to hoops there it is there it is look at that <laughs> Look at that, Keith. That's the that's professional quality right there. Professional quality in a great way to end our scheduled nonsense for today. We haven't had enough nonsense lately. So I thought today after I saw that trailer last night, I went, we need to discuss this. This is important stuff. So thank you, everybody, for indulging us while we were able to delve into Marvel territory for just a bit. Some of you like it, some of you don't, but Keith and I always get a kick out of talking about that stuff too. So thank you guys. Uh, make sure you are subscribing to the NBA Front Office Show on YouTube. Don't forget to turn on those notifications as well. Like this video and follow us over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. Till next time, everybody. See ya and stay safe.